Hey everybody and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. Today we're going to be talking about Holy Sister, the third book in the Book of the Ancestor series by Mark Lawrence. So let's manipulate the magic of books. First off, I just wanted to say I enjoyed this book. I enjoyed it a little less than the other books. And if it feels like I'm just going down on it a lot, it's not because I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as the other ones. So again, I think Mark Lawrence's writing is still amazing and very exceptional, very powerful. It made me feel, it made me excited to keep reading. The story itself is where I think it fell a little short for me again. So let's talk about it. The first thing I just, I did not like is that the up till now part of the book, which I am so glad that he included a what what's happened previously section. This one just felt like it contained too much information for me. I, I liked that at the end of the second book, we don't know exactly what the demon that was inside of, of Nona was. We know it was related to her bloodlust, and we know that it came from Regal. Er, not Regal, sorry. We, we know that it came from Raymel Taxis. We know that it makes her angry, but we know it gives her abilities a little bit, see in the dark. But in the what happened last time, it just tells us, it says, oh yeah, if you go to the ship heart and you stay close to it, it'll amplify your bad personality traits and give them a voice. And then you can fight it and push it out of you. And it's like, well, that's, you know, that just kind of, like, I didn't, there was no mystery to it anymore. Uh, and a couple of things like that, I just did not feel like if that had been an unspoken thing, it just never mentioned, you know, we never really know the truth. That would have been fine. Or if it's explained to her during that thing, then that's better. And it's explained a little bit in this book when she's talking with Zol, who's done this, that same thing multiple times. And that's why she's devoid of personality. That makes sense. And I like that part that she's done it so much that she's lost her personality, basically, because she got rid of her anger and she got rid of her humor and she got rid of her, you know, her all of her emotions. But just telling me in the very beginning of the book, before I've even started, really, just, I didn't like that. Um, I also, it, I felt disjointed when I started this book, because this book starts in the future, and then it jumps back to the past of them escaping. So in the second book, they are escaping from uh, Sherzal's palace, and they have escaped and are on their road. And this book starts three years later, but then it keeps going back to that. And it just felt this jarring to me where the first book we were seeing kind of a future event and then we'd go back to the present, right? And that felt more natural to me. This one just did it where I was in the future going back to the past. And I think it was partially because the first two books used the same flashback, but it, it, at a later point. So the first flashback is the start. Or flash forward, I should say, is the start of it. And then by the second book, you know, more has progressed there. And then the third book... It doesn't even mention that flashback, that that those flashes in the flashbacks at all, or in the where we're at now. And so I was just, I was a little confused. I did not enjoy it as much as I had the other flashbacks. I, I don't, I'm not saying it was bad. I just didn't uh, quite enjoy it as much. So, you know, we know that Nona is trying to steal a book, um, and we don't know why. And then she works with her mates and with the marginal and they're able to get in and steal the book and the scrithrower coming and that was good i felt i felt the pressure 
you know, of the world that like the Skrithrow are coming and we need to be prepared and this is going on. And I felt connected to the world. Uh, It's just parts of it I felt slightly disconnected with. Um, I, you know, sleeping with Regal, that was foreshadowed excellently in the first book. I just wish, so tough to say, I wish we'd experienced more in Nona's life. Like I would have loved to see all the things that were skipped in this book. Abbas Glass dying and making her promise to take the black, the one that doesn't do fighting, that's just a holy sister. I would have loved to see how her relationship with Regal started. I would have loved to see more about Clara and, you know, her their interactions with her and with, you know, everybody at Jolie and stuff. It's just there was so much that I felt was missed and skipped that I, I'm just not sure if I like that part. I mean the story is great, though. Um, I loved that we got back to see her. I loved the blade test where she has to fight against a new, a new sister and not the regular sister she's used to fighting and that she's able to pass it. I like that she passes all three. So she's actually able to be a mystic sister, a blue sister or sister of discretion or a red sister, a martial sister. And I thought I thought that was amazing. Now, let's talk about the story. Um Nona is trying to steal this book so they can find out how to control the moon. Uh, let's, and then they can use that to stop the Skrithrow from invading and potentially even, you know, widen the corridor or change the world. And turns out the book is completely useless and it's not important at all. It was Abbas Glass, who I loved, even in this book where she's not there, just her presence and her foresight is unparalleled. And amazing that you know she knew what to do um abbas wheel or sister wheel getting the black or becoming abbas i just didn't know if i felt that would be what would really happen or if it's just kind of what he put in the book but i appreciate the way that that story made it play out um in the flashes when we go back to them escaping i love that nona and zol have to go off together and zol makes you know, a flippant remark like, oh, what if I have a prophecy that says a three-blood will save the world with that's short, and that's you? And she's like, yeah, but nobody believes in prophecies anyway. And the the Missing's technology was pretty cool. Like, I, I appreciated all the, the nods to technology, the event steams, the this and that. You could tell. Like, I even liked the Stargate rings. Those were so cool. Just like the ring, and you can go through it. But to go through it, you have to have a ship heart. And then you can go through the ring and it'll power it. And like, why? Oh, that's so cool. I don't know the answer. That's amazing. I also loved how they were able to defeat Yisht because Yisht could see the very close future. She could see your actions. You swing like this. I can do this to beat you. And the way Nona defeats that is by using these vents that are pushing up air continuously, uh, you know, on like a timer. She dumps some stuff in it. Sets them there, and then the air pushes it up, and she's not able to see it coming, and it that's how they get her and kill her. And that was cool. I I enjoyed that. That was like a perfect good ending for Yisht. And then Zol throws the ship heart at Nona, pushing her through the gateway, and she's pushed back, and then it cuts away, and you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, it turns out that there's the same gate underneath the monastery, but we didn't know it at that point. So that was good. I liked those parts. Something... I just, I don't know if Nona stayed the same, which is true. She doesn't. She she changes. But I guess without her bloodlust, 
that was her her demon and devil that she had in her in the sec first and second book. She did push it out as I'm thinking about it, and so that would mean that she's less bloodthirsty because I've been thinking about this that I don't know if I necessarily agree with her actions in at the very end of the book where she chooses to just send the Skrithrow home. She writes on the moon, you know, go home, and she doesn't, like, kill him unless they're not listening. And I didn't feel like that was 100% true to her character because she's always been about, like, the short game and the violence. But if I think about it, and now that I say, but she had that part pushed out of her, then maybe that makes more sense that she was able to play the long game. Now, could she have played the long game as well as she did in this book? I don't know. Convincing Sherzal to kidnap them, to bring them into where the moon, the to bring them into the Ark to control the moon seems a little bit higher than her, but I can go with it. I love those the ship. You can tell that it's like a futuristic spaceship with voice commands and, and pin pads and such, and they have a disintegration field that's like a wall that you can you can't walk through and Oh, so cool. Those parts were so amazing. And the technology and the people interacting with it that had no idea what it really was. It was great. I enjoyed every bit of that. The parts where Nona and Sister Kettle would body swap, that was incredibly cool. And she could, she made all these twisted, not these twisted, these shadow bonds with people so she could control them and that part got a little confusing near the end where she's like, oh, okay, so I swapped bodies with you and you swapped bodies with this person and this person. So that way everybody can walk except for me and my body because I'm over here doing this. And it was just like, well, that's a little confusing and overwhelming, but I guess you have been doing it. It is three years. And the other, another thing is the flashback scene from the first two books, I thought it would be more impactful than it was because in this book, it's kind of a minor scene in regards to everything else that's going on. Nona hears that Ara, who's been guarding the abbas- the monastery, is being attacked by Lanotaxis, which he's always hated her, and especially after what she did to his father, makes sense. But she so she runs back to hit to that way through the doorway, and then she floods. She brings them under the caves, and then floods the caves and kills them. And that was just a bit unsatisfying to me like it was intense and her saving ara was good and impactful you could tell that they have that relationship that's growing and you can always tell at least i could from the books that ara arabelle you know wants to be with nona but nona you know doesn't really see that or want to yet and they're going back and rescuing her and then going back to the the ark and the with the empress it just felt a little cheated now, one scene that was particularly amazing was, well, there were two. We get to see what happens when you shove someone off the path. Apple, Apple, no, not Apple. Sister Kettle and Nona and another are going through the camp trying to investigate. And they come across a tent like, hey, we should kill this person. They're a general. If we kill them, that'll weaken the army. They might turn around and go home if we kill somebody of enough power. And they go in and it was a trap. There's a mage in there. And so... Nona runs the path with at the same time as this other guy. And she learns from her teacher, Sister Pan, who we're going to talk about in just a second, that, you know, if the path has no beginning and the path has no end, then technically the path has no middle and you are where you are on the path and you're everywhere and you're ever wherever you want to be on the path, which makes sense. But, you know, can you really think about that and comprehend it while you're doing this? 
Oh, that sounds tough. But she's able to do it and find him. And she shoves him off the path and he falls. And because he was shoved and wasn't able to, to walk off purposefully, you know, causes him to explode. And he just blows up that whole building and they get out of it. And that was cool. That was so great. And then they've broken the walls. And Sister Pan, walking the path, she's so amazing. She sees, she positions Nona right where she needs to stand. Oh, don't stand there. The rock will hit you. Stand over here. And boom, it explodes and everything falls down, just like she said. And she's like, oh, you know, we, where it is, you haven't walked the path in, you know, 20 years. What are you doing? You're like, you're going to be easy to fight. Like, you can't, you can't put up a fight against us. And Sister Pan says... Yeah, it's true. I haven't uh, haven't gotten on the path in 20 years because I've been walking the path for 30. And everyone goes, oh, crap. Like, walking the path. And we've seen how tough it is. But to do it consistently for 30 years and never waver and never fall off and never step off and use that, that's incredible. And then, of course, she just blows it up and, you know, and blows up the entire that force that was coming to get her. Oh, it was spectacular. I was sad that Sister Pan had passed and uh, all the death, but I thought I thought every death was well used. And there, while there was no unnecessary death, there was also the, the death that was necessary for the story to make sense and to continue. So I appreciate Mark Lawrence's ability to do that, to not waste or just kill people needlessly just to kill people, but that everything was good. So let's see... Zol attaining perfection, or purification, excuse me, and basically ridding herself of all that stuff. Being the only one who's allowed to control the moon, and then giving that to Nona was a good touch. And who knows what Zol's going to do now. She's going to go search after the missing. So is this what the missing did to their species? Is they removed all of the impurities of themselves, all of their emotions, and then they just left and walked away? You know, I thought it was great. The four ship hearts, everything worked well to me. And kind of the afterside, I, I really did think that Nona might be chosen as the next abbess. And, you know, she gets Mistress Blade, which I thought was just fine because she truly is a master of the blade work. And I thought that was good. And her getting together with Arabelle at the end and cutting things off with Regal. Regal. I just, I thought maybe she'd twist the rules or change it and make it so, while well, they're like a convent in name, you know, maybe they've grown out of that. They're not necessarily a convent in purpose, but they didn't, and that's fine. That That's totally okay, and everything fit within it. Um, oh, another thing I wanted to talk about, the black ice that is just full of the devils. Like, wow, that is a lot. How many people had to be purified and then push those parts out of them in order to taint all of this ice. That's crazy. And I do like Nona's, you know, choice. If I if I up the intensity and I burn this, and it was because of her experience on the ice with Zol that she saw, oh, the the moon warms up this little spot, melts a little bit, an inch or two, and then it just refreezes. And that's useless. That's wasting all this energy. And so she can set it to say, hey, burn this and like clear it out use more power and then you know she doesn't explain everything that she's done but she set in motion that she can actually get rid of the ice in some places and keep it back and actually make a dent in the ice versus just letting it encroach and run some water over it and freeze it again so i really like that again i think that's going to wrap up everything i have to say about this book but i i really enjoyed 
this book, this series is five stars for me. Holy Sister is like four and a half to 4.25, just because of those things I've mentioned. So thanks everybody for listening to me talk about Holy Sister. Um, Please like and subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying listening to it. That really helps us. Share it with your friends. Um, You can find me at LibromancyPod at gmail.com. So send me an email if you think I was wrong or you want me to cover another book series. I would love to hear from you. Thanks, everybody, and remember to manipulate the magic of books.